Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. My name's Tom and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening and let's crack on. My name's Tom and this is the 2023 Qatar Grand Prix post race chinwag. Let's report on what happened yesterday's festivities roll intro how are we doing everyone thank you all for joining me thank you all for coming today um this was a sprint weekend so we did go live on saturday after the sprint um so i'm not going to cover we already covered that okay i'll talk for over an hour about the sprint because quite a lot happened um but quite a lot happened yesterday as well so plenty to get into hello louis serban xavier kevin caleb uh Jekoslav? Yeah, Yekoslav, I think I got that right. Um, big time Bottas, big up, big up Bottas. It's about time Awful Romeo turned it around and become less Awful Romeo, more awesome Romeo sounds cringe. But what's another good um, positive adjective? Is it an adjective? I don't even know. Um, anyway, we'll get into that. Caleb, Sophia, Nathan, Seal, Clorox, Jamie. Thank you for joining me. Will, Poppy, Stephen, add it with you. Patrick, Dominic, Paid, Sam, Max, Steve, Martin, Jaguan, Philip, everyone. Thank you all for coming. 2023 Qatar Grand Prix was an interesting one. Sigma Romeo, it's not bad. It's not bad. I want I want another A, you know. I want another A. <laughs> you pushed it, but I don't care. Best everyone you Thank you for forgiving. I I, I appreciate that. Um, Kolodich is a is is an easier word to pronounce for me anyway. Average Romeo. <laughs> all right, Romeo. They were better than all right though. They were better than average yesterday. You know, adequate Romeo. <laughs> uh, alpha Romeo is just an, another alpha. Yeah, far too much of that on the grid. But anyway, right. Let's get into it. 
2023 Qatar Grand Prix race rating out of 10 live chat let me know this is a difficult one this has been a difficult one for me to rate I was very much bouncing around two different numbers which I'll I'll, I'll let you know in good in due course you know we had a lot of pit stops I think the amount of pit stops we had obviously everyone on a minimum free stop and I think George stopped four times didn't they it didn't make it quite kind of hard to keep up with what was going on. Um, you know, mandating pit stops, it adds unpredictability. McLaren will pull in their finger out massively and, and drop in world record pit stop, um, as we'll get into. But, and then Red Bull kind of four seconds for Max at the end. They messed it up a little bit. There's more potential for the team to, which you know, generally, I, like, I mean, I've talked about Monaco in the past, mandating at least a, at least a two stop at Monaco. I think a three stop... At this race with the maximum 18 laps as well was a lot it was a little bit difficult to follow i found at times but we did have you know teammates coming together is always dramatic and is always a, a big talking point um lewis and george lap one and max not winning by a country mile you know lando coming from p10 to finish how far how far was lando behind max by the end like six seven seconds something like that wasn't it um Admirable Romeo. <laughs> Peter, I like that. I like that. Admirable Romeo. That's very good. I like that. It's about to, we, We've slandered Alfa Romeo far too often. Be, deservingly. Okay, I'm just going to say that. Deservingly. But it's about time. We'll, we will bask in Alfa Romeo greatness. Don't you worry. 4.8 seconds. Yeah, start from 10th. Finishes 4.8 seconds behind Max. It's pretty impressive. Hello, Stats Guru. Good to see you, mate. Thank you for coming. Um... Yeah, well, look, before we get into my rate, and of course, make sure if you are watching live here on YouTube, and you sometimes you might not be able to watch me on YouTube. You might be doing some. You might you might be stuck on the toilet and it might be taking ages and you're like, you know what, I just want to listen to the guy. I don't want to look at anything. You know, maybe you want to look at something else. Maybe you want to, I don't know, cook, you know? Maybe you want to cook, right? You want to cook something nice in the kitchen and you want to listen to me waffling on in the background, right? Like your little, uh, like just over your shoulder, like your little kind of imaginary friend just talking to you. Uh, obviously the positive, you know, you have the two, you have the, the, the yin, and, yin and yang, you have the, the, the angel and the devil, right? I'm obviously angelic, so angelic Romeo, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that's it. If you want to focus on your breakfast, Techno at Andrew, you know, if you, if you want to look at your cereal, right, really take in what you're consuming and not look at my face, you can listen to this on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts after the fact. That's the pitch, okay? Look, I, I don't, I, if you watch me on YouTube, great, amazing. Thank you for coming. If you want to listen to me, great. Thank you for, I just want to give you options, okay? There's, there's always options in life. More options, the better, you know, typically. Typically in life. Almighty Romeo, Martin. I like that. I like that. It should be a running theme through the live stream. Good, good. Not not slander names. Opposite of slander names for Alfa Romeo. Almighty Romeo. <laughs> Alfa Majestic. <laughs> mm, mm, kind of. Kind of. Um, <laughs> which is best for me? Uh, doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, Charmander. Whatever works for you. Like. Um, right, so my race rating out of 10... I went between two. I've given it a seven. It was it was pretty interesting. There was a lot to take in. Was it a lot? Was there a lot of exhilarating wheel to wheel battling? No, 
but there was a lot going on. I was I was jumping between a six and a seven. I was jumping between a six and a seven. Um, I think maybe seven is a bit generous. If if I did points, which I don't, I don't do points. Um, I would have probably given it a six point five. But looking at you, I did forget to poll you lot in the live chat. My bad. Um, but looking at live chat, there's a lot of sixes and sevens. They seem to be the two most dominant numbers popping up. So um, I think that's uh, 6.5 is probably the most accurate rating. Um, MO even a six is generous. <laughs> the thing is, I, I don't know. I, it, it's a difficult one to, to judge because it was a very unique event, wasn't it? Mandatory three stops. You couldn't go more than 18 laps on a set of tyres. You know, you had Max putting in fastest laps back to back at the end of his first medium stint and then pitting off the tyre, you know? You don't see that. And, and this is what played into the issues we saw after the race with the drivers. Well, not after the race, during the race. Um, you know, it was it was quali laps, pretty much every lap for everyone because you had the compound. There wasn't an issue with the, the grip. It was the structural integrity of the tyre, which is why you had to pit after 18 laps, whether you were on soft or medium or hard. So... Um, yeah, it all came together, didn't it? It was a bit of a perfect storm, but in a not-so-perfect way. But there we go. We'll get into that. We'll get into that in good time. So, 7 out of 10 is my race rating, which, again, you've given it kind of a 6.5. Um, and this is the race result for round 18. Qatar Grand Prix, Max Verstappen wins and fastest lap. Obviously, he sealed the championship on Saturday. We've already talked about that, and Max continues to do what he does. Um it's funny how, um, obviously, we saw how affected the drivers were at the end. You know, <laughs> seeing Ma Max post-race, it was just like, oh, yeah, it was just a bit hot. A bit hot? Bruv, come on. <laughs> come on now. That's, um, that's, trust Max to kind of underplay it because he's very, like, <laughs> he's not one to, I don't know, it just felt very Max Verstappen response. Um if you haven't seen the on the F1 channel, they've got all the post-race chats with the drivers, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a bit hot." Um, that was the that was the worst part about it. I was like, "Yeah, a, yeah." <laughs> and Max was in clean air all race. That could have had a factor. That could that could have played a part. To be fair, Thanos. Um, no hot exhaust, although he was lapping people. He lapped Perez in the end, didn't he as well? Acquisition Romeo. <laughs> Acquisition Romeo. Yeah, a bit warm. There you go. That's it. A bit warm. He said. Um, but yeah, same top three as last race as well. Same top three, Verstappen, Perez, um, Piet Perez, he wishes. Verstappen, Piastri, Norris, um, top three, Oscar holds on to P2. Lando was definitely the quicker driver on the day. I would definitely say that. For, for Lando to make the progress through the field like he did and to close up to Oscar like he did, and once you get within about a sec, well, once you get within about three seconds, the dirty air starts to affect you. And he was sat within two, then down to a second and a half within Oscar. Like Lando's losing performance there, um, but it worked out in the end. It worked out in the end. Polish, she's great. She's great. Acceptable. <laughs> a couple of points from there. Um, George Russell P four. George Russell P four from the from the back. Bear in mind what happened lap one as well. George Russell P4, very, very impressive ahead of Charles Leclerc and his Ferrari, Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon. Didn't really see too much of them too. 
or them three actually, Leclerc, Alonso, Ocon were, were quite, quite quiet. Alfuo Romeo. <laughs> oh, Stephen, that's good. Astonishing Romeo. Yeah, but that could be astonishingly good or bad. You know, it was astonishingly good Romeo. Um, Bottas, Joe, P8 and 9. Six points on the board. Huge. Huge for Alfa Romeo. Massive. What, they were on 10 points before this race? They were on 16. 60% bump in points for not so awful Romeo. And Checo Perez holds on to P10. Not good. Uh, Lance Stroll P11, Gasly 12, Albon 13, Magnussen, Sonoda, Hulkenberg, Lawson round out the finishers, and then Sergeant Hamilton Science did not finish this race for various reasons. Um, a big variety, actually, yeah, in terms of nature of DNFs, you had one driver who didn't even start the race, you had one driver who had to retire early because he felt like he was going to, he felt sick enough to retire, which says a lot, right, because racing drivers... They are ones to push through to the very end. And Logan was like, no, I can't do it. And then Lewis slapped one contact with, with George Russell. Astounding Romero. That's good. I like that. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of stories, lots of storylines going on through the race. So I've, I think we'll be here for a good hour at least um, for this chin wag. So, and don't forget to like the stream, by the way. Like the stream if you're here live. And if you're not here live, like the stream as well. Just everyone like the stream. Because right? you obviously you like it, surely. <laughs> right, cool. So the driver standings are as follows. After 17 of 22 races this year, Max Verstappen increases his championship lead to 209 points. His gap to Perez is bigger, is more than Hamilton scored all season. I think I think we'll let, we'll almost certainly end the year with Verstappen on double the points as Perez. I think that's that's looking pretty much like a done deal. Um, in terms of positional change, there's none in the top ten. No positional change. This could have been an opportunity for Gasly to go ahead of Stroll, but he got that penalty at the end, so he had to drop back out of the point. He would have got one point actually, wouldn't he? So he would have gone level. I'm not sure if he would have gone ahead of Stroll. Yeah, best. Best, best finishing position. I think Gasly would be ahead of Stroll, wouldn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he would. Um, but it didn't happen. Um, Piastri got a big bumper points, 83 now. He's own. I say only. Um, he is now 49 behind Russell, which isn't insurmountable given the pace that McLaren is showing right now and a bit of bad luck for George. You know, Oscar's, Oscar's driving like a madman. Gasly had... Did, uh, I didn't know that, Hamza. Gasly also had engine clipping issues. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, not too much movement in that top 10. Um, obviously, Bottas jumping up to P14. 10 points ahead of Hulkenberg on 9. And then Joe, um, same place, but doubles his points. No, he doesn't. He was on 4. He's on 6 now. That's not how, that's not how it works, Tomo. Idiot. Um, so, you know what? You look at the constructors, right? Obviously, Red Bull have won it. McLaren are within 11 of Aston Martin. Alfa Romeo are now actually, like, within touching distance of Williams here. Yeah, we've talked about this whole kind of, you know, have only having one car scoring all the points for Williams. It takes one good result, and we've had one good result for Alfa Romeo here. And, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're seven points behind Williams. 
you know, if they if they do the same as again as as this weekend um, in another race, then there'll be one off of of Williams. So twenty three points for number twenty three, indeed. So yeah, it's um, a bit squeaky bums. Squeaky bum at Williams, I reckon. Um, Haas had an opportunity, obviously, on, on Saturday, didn't they, with Hulkenberg to get at least a couple of points. But that will obviously that that will sting even more now, what happened on Saturday. Um, Hulk in the middle of the sandwich. Uh, that will sting even more because Alpha have jumped him. So, yeah. I mean, look. Listen. Sauber, Alpha and have disappointed for many a year. Okay, bring back the Kubitza Heidfeld days of BMW. And hopefully Audi will do that. Hopefully Audi will spearhead a new generation of that team because it's 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 sad. It's sad seeing a team struggle for so long. Um but yeah, otherwise not too many stories outside of those. So bangers and clangers time. I did put the poll out last night on uh Twitter and Oh, did I put it? I think I put it on YouTube community. Sometimes I forget. I think I might have forgot. Apologies to anyone who um, didn't see the poll. If I didn't post it on YouTube community, I'm not sure if I did. But anyway, we still got over a thousand votes. So happy days. We d- I didn't. Ah, oh, L. L. Usually I do it on Twitter first. And then before I post it on Twitter, I copy the text and then go onto community and post the te- place the text and just change the format in a little bit to fit. But I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a Lomo moment. Lomo moment. L creator. <laughs> Hang your head in shame. Well, look, we still got over a thousand votes, right? So so that's still a good sample size, but it is only from all of you lovely Twitter scum who have joined us today for this. Uh... <laughs> who have joined us for today, right? Yeah, go on. Got hit me, hit me. All right, clanger, clanger. It's me. All right, clang. I'll take the clanger. I'll, t- I'll take it on board. All right, I'll, t- I'll take it on board. No, my bangers and clangers. All right, my bangers and clangers. Banger drive, clanger drive. Banger team, clanger team. Right? Who brought the goods? Who let themselves down? Chat. Give me some names for a uh, banger driver, please. Because there's plenty of potential um, names here that could be up for. Grabs. I've had to pick one, but can't pick them all. Hamza, Russell, straight out the bat. Um, Epic Gamer Boy says Pastry. I'm sure I know who you're refer- re- referring to. Odin says Joe, as does Dennis. Um, Bottas is in there. Lando's in there from Dime. Shout out Dime. Check him out. Um, any other names? <laughs> Lewis, not quite, Glenn. Not quite. Um, okay, yeah, that's kind of covered it. Gasly's a bit of a sh- left field stout, um, shout, Stein, but there you go. Um, Ariola, yes, Jake. Jake knows. Come on, I'll take two all against the Geordie boys. Um, cool. All right, Burt Mylander. Well, look, he, he, he certainly put his mileage in on Saturday, didn't he, old Burnt? No, so for me, there's many a name that could have got this. Again, I think Joe's up there for sure, you know, last to, to ninth. I mean, you know, Qualifying back there in the first place, it's kind of on him. But, you know, he's in and out for a man. Quality pace isn't that car's strong suit. I mean, the race pace was pretty good for both of them. So they played a bit of blinder on the strategy. But, um, and obviously Lando, 10th to 3rd. And, you know, only 
however many seconds he was off of Max as well at the end is impressive. But for me, it's George Russell. I've given it to George. You know, he out-qualified Lewis, which again, if Lewis is going to start on the soft tyres, then if he qualifies ahead of George, the likelihood of a collision is far less because, you know, Lewis is putting them tyres on to try and make positions at the start. Giving it to King George. He's taken a lot of stick recently. And again, a lot of the stick has been fair. Some of it not, but I th I'd say most of it has been fair. He's out-qualified Lewis, got hit by Lewis, through no fault of his own, of course. Falls back to, to the back, has to do four pit stops and still finishes P4. Still finishes ahead of Alonso and ahead of Leclerc. Demonstrating that Mercedes pace, man. If there's no crash, we were kind of... I do almost maybe feel we were, given how Russell was able to recover, because yes, I mean, yes, Lando started P10, right? But ultimately, Lando made up positions at the start, in part because of the collisions, as did Piastri. Um, I mean, Piastri started sixth, and he was second out of the first corner. So, yeah, look, I think that, I think George, George's drive was, was super impressive. Good dive bombs down the inside of, was it turn two he was making the bombs? Um, they were they were good, good good drive from George. Um, Banger Lowell started second, finished fourth. Luke, Luke, come on, Luke! That is such a Wikipedia way of looking at it. He got taken out and then that's like saying when um Perez won from um won at Sakir in twenty twenty and just completely forgetting that he literally had a crash on the first lap and then went all the way to the back and then recovered to win the race. That's like just forgetting that context and being like, oh, it wasn't that impressive because he started wherever he started, fifth or sixth. Ah, come on. Come on, Luke. Come on, Luke. Nah, it's George. Man. For me, it's George. That recovery from the back to get to fourth. Um, stellar drive from him as well. That's my shout for banger drive. Okay. We take those and move. What about Clanger? Get some names for clangers, please, in the live chat. Because again, as a few, there's a few names. There's definitely a few names. Obviously, Checo only finishing tenth, knocked out in Q2, only finishing tenth in the end, not able to make that progress in the race. Bit of a stinker. Lewis qualifying behind his teammate, still third, but still qualifying behind his teammate. And then crashing into him on lap one, which for me that incident it's 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 on Lewis predominantly. I know it's lap one, but there's nothing more George could have done. There's plenty more Lewis could have done. Um, Lawson Thanos is, is a shout. Um, not a great weekend for Liam. Look, he's a he's this is fourth race in F1, and it looks like it's going to be his last this season anyway. Um, so with that context. Ugh, Harsh, um, perhaps. Stroll, I've seen a couple mentions of Lance as well. Gasly, Gasly's up there. For me, it's Lewis. It's Lewis. This, like, yes. He started behind George Russell. And it's not the first time he's qualified behind George. It's pretty close, head-to-head -head qualifying. If George had qualified ahead... Sorry, if Lewis had qualified ahead of George, just like in Singapore, this race could have been very, very, very different. But he didn't. He didn't get the job done on Saturday. And then on Sunday, 
He's got he's got space. He's got space for days on his left. And he misjudges it. Simple. And he's admitted fault. Kind of like Spa when it, with Alonso, wasn't it? When he tried to go around the outside of Fernando Alonso at Spa. Um, misjudged the amount of space he was giving the car on the inside when pushing for an overtake around the outside. I mean Friday, not Saturday. I do, I do. You're right. It's sprint weekend. It's confusing. Um, he could have carried. He could have carried the speed around the outside. Yeah, he, he had space to do so. And um, yeah, not good. Not good from from Lewis. Um, I think yeah, obviously in hindsight, he's taken 100 percent responsibility. And I think seeing seeing the replays, it was it was kind of that initial angle that we saw on the incident wasn't clear. But then you look at the onboards, and it's like. You know, George is about as close as Max as you can reasonably expect him to be, and Lewis is just yeah, he's just driven across him um, like he wasn't there. So yeah, not good, not good from Lewis, not a good. It's a shame as well because that's you know it's part, it's an extra clangor because this was a big opportunity for Mercedes to pick up big points relative to Ferrari and the constructors with science starting in the, um, st- starting out of it entirely in Leclerc not just not having the pace in the race the fact that George went from the back and still got past Leclerc just shows how much more pace Mercedes had than Ferrari Ferrari were more equatable to Aston Martin's pace this weekend um Mercedes were up there with with probably pretty close to McLaren you know oh Marek thank you very much for the uh for the donation um I've seen that. I've seen this. I've seen this on Twitter a bit being talked about. Um, is the Lewis George crash comparable to Lewis Max at Silverstone 21? At first sight, it looks quite similar. Not saying Max was wrong there. Just curious what your opinion is. Marek, yes. If you if you take a still, okay. If you take a still image, yeah, there are parallels, but that's not how this works. It's kind of I've seen some stills knocking about at that Van Dyke handball against Brighton, and it's like you can't analyze. You can't analyze from a still image. You just can't. Like you need the con. So the context of of Silverstone twenty one is very different. So first of all, in this instance, yesterday, the attacking cars on the outside. But when you look at Silverstone twenty one, the attacking cars on the inside. Also, at Silverstone twenty one, there was another car on the inside. That Verstappen was there. Verstappen was there on the inside. He was still ahead of everyone. Um, whereas Silverstone, there was no one on the inside. So in terms of from a still, yeah, you could say it looks quite similar, but the actual context and yeah, the the approach to that, it's, it, they're very different incidents. Like in reality, they're very different incidents. I don't think they're equatable at all. I think, I think they both need to be analysed independently. I look, I, you know, my opinion on 2021 was that it's probably slightly more on Lewis for me. I, I still believe that. I still I still believe that mo- that was more on Lewis than it was on Max for sure. I think Max took a risk by just attacking the corner like he did. Um, but I think Lewis was was the one predominantly at fault there. And I think in this instance, I think Lewis was predominantly at fault for this as well. More so than more so than uh, Silverstone twenty one, but you know, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. That's how I see it. Um, but yeah, obviously, again, a lot of these incidents because it's lap one as well, um, it will be treated differently. Which I do get. I, I get why that's a rule in F one. 
I, I, I do understand why you treat that one incidence differently just because everyone's so bunched up and it's such a, but it's just, uh, it's, it's a shame. I think we could have had a really interesting race if Lewis had just played that a little bit more. Asking him to be conservative lap one when he's on the soft tyres as well, that's his opportunity, fair. But he just could have carried speed, more speed around the outside. I think he would have got the move done, maybe even on Max as well. It's a shame. Let's argue over on X. <laughs> oh, Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Um, but yeah, those are my bangers and clangers, the two Mercedes teammates. Um, what about banger team? Banger team. Talk to me, chat. I mean, there's only really two potential names, isn't there, really? Um, and we've already seen both of them dropped in chat. McLaren and Alfa Romeo. I would love to give this to, to Alfa Romeo because, again, Alfa, they've caught so many strays, right, in the in this year, right? So many strays, apart from the first race when Bottas scored good points. Um, they've caught so many strays but McLaren literally delivered a world record pit stop and they delivered two pit stops under two seconds, didn't they? You had a 1.8 dead, 1.8 on the... It's a bit annoying that they didn't do it 1,000th quicker because then it would have been a 1.79, wouldn't it? That, sound, that sounds... 1.8 is amazing. It's a world record. But 1.79... That, that, that's special, you know? That is special. Um... But yeah, they do, and they did a, oh, was Oscars a two flat? Fair enough. So they did a 1.8, a two. They did a 2.1 as well, didn't they? I'm sure they did a 2.1. Um, look, I know that we've, uh, over on the last lap, if you didn't check out the stream, go subscribe in the description down below to the last lap. I remember a few weeks ago, we had a Cam on, great channel, Cam F1, Cameron F1. And he's big Mercedes fan, big Lewis fan, and he's very critical of Mercedes' lack of... Uh, the processes, all right? McLaren can deliver banger pit stops. They weren't a team known for their pit stops, you know, a couple of years ago. I remember when, like, Williams, they were right up there with their pit stops. Back when they were absolute trash in that rocket blue and white or horrible livery, they would they would still deliver banger pit stops with Williams. They make, made up for it a little bit with that. But my goodness, my goodness, what... Are they doing? What are they doing, Mercedes? Just they're just they need to get that stuff locked down. You know, there's no excuse. Maybe they could get away with it when they're you know when they're the best car, when they're the most dominant driver in the best car. But they're getting found out now, Mercedes, and it's 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 not good enough. Whereas McLaren have shown that you can go from a team not known for your pit stops to being probably the best right now. I think this isn't a one-off either, by the way. Like McLaren pit stops being bangers are very good. I'm not sure who's leading the DHL um, fastest. Let me actually find a DHL, DHL fastest. I can't type. Fastest pit stop. Oh, by the way, at some point I'm, I'm getting a delivery today, so I will have to briefly duck out. But then I can play you in ads so I can earn money from getting a delivery. <laughs> Shameless YouTuber shameless um right dhl fastest pit stop awards what race is this for now that's march i don't i don't care about what happened in march um so yeah mclaren had the ferrari had a sub two second pit stop you know wow it's actually pretty good Lich 
Mercedes. Mercedes had the slowest of their best pit stops of any team yesterday. 2.59 seconds. Um, let me get the let me get screen share up so you you, you can see what I can see. Um, there you go. Let's not. Let's get this crop sorted. So the, the these were the fastest pit stops from yesterday. So you got McLaren 1.8, Ferrari 1.93. And you know what? I, I've noticed that actually. You know what? Like fair play. Maybe that is part of the Fred, um, the Fred effect. But Ferrari's pit stops have definitely jumped up. Have definitely jumped up for sure. Um, McLaren 2.0, AlphaTauri 2.19, Red Bull 2.24, Aston 2.33, Red Bull did a 2.43 as well. Oh yeah, so this is the... Okay, oh, sorry, okay, I misread this. So these are... Yeah, because McLaren's on here twice, Red Bull's on here uh, twice as well, Aston Martin's on here twice. So Mercedes had the 10th best pit stop of all the pit stops. So it's not quite as bad as as I made it out to be. Like, Williams aren't in this at all. But it's still not good, is it? Come on. It's still not good. Yeah, this is... Yeah, exactly. These, these are for the, the drivers individually. Um, press table, McLaren have four of the... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. 1.8 in a furnace. Wow. Yeah, man, look. These numbers are crazy. So, that, so why have they not given... So McLaren had four of the five fastest pit stops yesterday. Jesus. That's crazy. And then where, like, where are Mercedes always all the way down here? Goodness gracious me. So that has actually been quite generous to Mercedes. 12.4. Oh, yeah, because you had to have the, yeah, the damage, wasn't it? Anyway, I digress. Mercedes need to get quicker pit stops. That's that's the point I'm making. Um, finally, Clanger team. Then I suppose. Clanger um, team. What are we saying? What are we saying for Clanger team? Okay. There's again potentially some, you know, AlphaTauri has yet both well out of the points. Um, Ferrari obviously one car didn't even start. The other got you know, passed by George coming from the back. Um, Williams, mm, a bit disappointing. I mean, Alex copped the five-second penalty, which was was on him. Um, but even without that penalty, oh, the door's just gone, which means I'm going to play you an ad. All right, tell you what, right? For keeping you lot waiting, here is a bit of sausage dog. It's a treat, okay? Okay, here, we, here, we, here he is. Here's the boy wonder. The Minton is here. Um, very sleepy and tired as always. Although he was just he was just squealing at the I don't know if you could hear him squealing at the door, the uh, delivery person. Um, you can see this is a DoorDash. I don't even get DoorDash in the UK. Anyway, it's not it's a it's a states thing, isn't it? But here, here he is. Is the uh, do you want to sit on my shoulder for a bit, mate? Well, um, you want a balance? Yeah, you good? Yeah, okay. You're gonna lean down today. Cool, fine. What well, I clicked the insert ad button, so it should have played an ad, but never mind if it didn't. All good. Either way, right? Let's crack on. Um, sorry again. Uh, Clanger team. So we've already um, we've already mentioned a few of the potentials. I've gone with Ferrari. I've gone with Ferrari. They 
One of their cars didn't even make the race, which is a huge clangor. That's a huge clangor. To not even have the car prepared, it was a leak of some kind, wasn't it? And they couldn't get it fixed in time. Huge clangor. And to be passed by a Mercedes coming from the back. L. Their pace was closer to Aston Martin's this weekend, which is, it's not good. It's not good. So, it's not good. It's not good. Um, what more can I say? You know, given how quick they were in Monza, obviously, they bought that upgrade specifically to, to capitalise on, on Monza and try and make good there. And, um, yeah, not good. To not even make the race is, is a huge clangor. Obviously, yeah, Haas, AlphaTauri, not good as well. But, yeah, I'm giving it... Um, I'm giving it Ferrari. Leclerc didn't score on Saturday either. A deserved clangor, to be honest. Yeah, Zelda. I agree. Ferrari's weakness is high-speed corners. It was to be expected. It was. And it's. it doesn't make it any better. You know? It's just not good. Not good. But at least their pit stops are getting a bit better. So, it's not bad. So, those are my bangers and clangers. Um, what about... What about yours? Well, again, I did put the poll only on Twitter. Sorry. Sorry. I forgot to put it on YouTube community. Um, but I did still get over a thousand votes from all you Twitter scum out there. Um, shout out my Twitter scum. I am also Twitter scum, by the way. You know, I love it. I love it. I love the most toxic platform on the internet. It's great. And um, yeah, these are the votes. 1,054. 38% of you gave banger drive to Oscar Piastri. 25 to Norris. 16% to Russell, 14% to Joe Guan Yu. I'm glad Joe got some, some rep there. Again, coming back from 19th to 9th in those kind of conditions, it's tough, but he made it work. Um, George Russell, I gave him bang and drive, 16% of you did as well. Norris, let those mistakes in qualifying, you could, you could, both qualifying sessions, man. I, I think... We don't often see, like, I think Norris has, has set a really high standard. Like, Lando set a really high bar. Um, we saw a couple of mistakes in both qualifying sessions, which really stung him. Because without that mistake in sprint quality, he's he, he almost certainly going quicker than Piastri and almost certainly winning that race. Um, without the track limits, which, you know, Oscar made a mistake on Friday quality as well, but didn't get punished as much as Lando did. Um, without that mistake as well. You know, it's tiny margins, but it, it bit him hard. And he was very hard on himself this weekend. And, you know, he, he knows this was a shot. And he will, he will get more shots, but he's not had... He's not won a race yet, you know? So while he's still waiting to get that first one, it's always going to sting, you know? It's always going to sting. Um, but yeah, 38% Oscar Piastri. Again, he, he, delivered, uh, he delivered the lap in the sprint, delivered the sprint victory. And in the race, you know, held position and yeah... I would definitely argue that Lando was quicker than him on the day, but, you know, Oscar put himself in that position and held on to P2. So, chuffed for him. Chuffed for him. Um, good result, Oscar Piastri. Uh, Clanger Drive, 50% of you gave it to Checo. I'm going to, at end of season, I'm going to do a, a roundup of who got the most bangers, who got the most clangers, um, and... I'm concerned for Checo. <laughs> Let's just say that. It's another it's another stinker, isn't it? It's another stinker. 
it it, it does make me um and we'll talk about that actually a bit, bit later because I'm going to go team by team as well. I'm going to give everyone their uh, their five minutes in the sun or whatever the term of phrase is. Um, 30% of you gave Clanger to Hamilton. Fair. 7% science. I mean, you didn't even race. 3% stroll. I mean, yeah, Friday's Friday's mess certainly didn't help things and out the points. You know, should have been in the points, but you got a penalty. So is, that's, a bit of a, that's a bit of a stinker as well. So they're your bangers and clangers. So we don't. We only agreed on McLaren. Actually, usually we're in a bit of agreement, but um, not this weekend. Right, cool. Let's look at each team one by one, shall we? Um, starting with Williams. Starting with with Alex Albon. He did briefly lead the race. He he led the race. Just it's a fact, okay. Um, but no, I. Even without the the five second penalty that he copped for track limits, he still would have been out the points. Um, yes, yeah, I mean it's a high it's a high speed, high downforce track. Um, without the wind in the sprint, um, it worked well. But but yeah, it was not the was not a great performance for the Williams boys. Um, just the, the car just didn't seem to be there. You know, talking to Sergeant as well, I, I, I thought it was important to bring that up during the the live stream. Actually, the la the last lap live stream link in the description. Um, when we were watching the race, you know, Logan was, what, 20-something laps in. Logan was only a couple of seconds off of Alex. Like, Logan's pace relative to Alex in the first kind of third of the race was was pretty close. Like, like genuinely, yeah, it actually was. And again, would we see that race pace as close from a, you know, people like to equate Sergeant with like the Tifi. You know? No, no, no. Like, Sergeant... Sargent has demonstrated he has the ability. He just overdrives. Now, obviously, that was an issue in the sprint. He made a mistake. He put his hands up. He was like, yeah, made a, made a mistake. But obviously, yesterday, he was the, the first to fall. Now, obviously, when I, you know, this year, I've been doing the uh, every race this season, um, apart from Hungary, when I was, when I was at, at the track and Austria. No, no, I did do it for Austria, didn't I? I flew back in on the uh, on the Sunday morning. Um, I've been doing the last lap, and you know, seeing watching the race, I've got like an earpiece in, and I'm like having a conversation while also trying to listen to what was going on. And and obviously Logan, you know, coming on the radio and being like, "Oh, I don't feel well." I didn't really like when I first heard that. I didn't really put two and two together. I was, like in terms of like, oh, this is a really physical race for everyone. I just kind of assumed he he was kind of a bit sick beforehand and couldn't kind of couldn't hack the race basically. But and, and he was like apparently he did have like flu like symptoms before the race, so he wasn't feeling one hundred percent anyway. So then to be put into that cauldron of fire, um, it was a yeah, it was too much for him. Bless him. Right, I'm gonna put you down now, buddy. Okay, say bye to your adoring fans. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a baptism of fire for Logan, and he couldn't hack it, and he he pulled it in, which was you know I'm glad he made the sensible choice because if he was all, already not feeling 100, percent so then put your body through that. Minton, can you stop here? Go on, get in, get in the sun. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> we've got we've got one of those snuggies. It's like a dressing. It's like a big towel that you big blanket that you can wear, and he loves it. He's always sitting in it. Um, yeah, and Alonso was asking for water. Yeah, when, when Alonso asked for the water, then I was like, oh, hang on, is something actually going on here then? Like, because there wasn't, 
really much talk before this race, was there, about, um, like, not overly, you know, there, there wasn't this exception, oh, God, we're, this is going to be a really, really tough one for the drivers. Like, we knew it was going to be a tough one, but then, in hindsight, it's like all the warning signs were there. Like, it was crazy humid. You had a th mandatory three-stopper, which meant everyone was pushing quali laps all the time. You had the cars getting exception exceptionally hot because of the conditions and therefore heating the drivers up more than they, they typically would as well. And it was kind of like a, it was like a perfect storm. I mean, I don't know. Like, if it wasn't for that mandatory three-stop and therefore if drivers were able to drive at, you know, 80, 90% like they typically do in a stint to preserve the tyres... Would that have made a difference? I don't know. Because the thing is, that track is just, it's just corner after corner after corner after corner. Like Singapore has, it's very intense, it's very humid, but it seems to be less, certainly less so than Qatar in terms of the actual, take the weather factor away, just in terms of the piece of tarmac, the ribbon of tarmac, Qatar is more, you're putting more G-force for, for, for more of the lap. You've got that one straight. Um, how could they have been pushing full quality laps? What about fuel? Yeah, but when when you're... It's not about using more fuel. It's about using more of the tyre. So when I say quality lap, I mean like you're going full push. But it doesn't mean you've got the you know, the fuel turned right up. It just means you're, you're pushing... Like I said, you know, Max set back-to-back -back fastest laps at the end of his first medium stint. So... It's not about using more fuel. It's about using more of the tyre. It's, it's about using the tyre like a quality lap. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it, it feels like in hindsight it should have been predicted, but then it's... I, I, don't, I didn't see anyone predicting it, myself included. So I think there's a lot to learn from, from this. And obviously Logan taking it on himself to, to retire just showcased how bad it could be. And then we've heard all the stories. I guess I'll talk about this now. We, we've heard all the stories since of, you know, Ocon like threw up in his helmet, like 15, 16. Like, not, you know, within the first stint, uh, he was already really feeling it. Um, Alex got treated for heat stroke. I think it was acute heat exhaustion or something. Um, you see like, you see all, almost everyone, like Hulk and Magnussen, both struggling to get out of their cars, like Stroll struggling and like stumbling over to the um, to the emergency thing, van, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them that like, I think that there is, there is a line, isn't there? You, you want to see athletes push themselves to the limit. Um, you know there there is a line. I think that line was was passed when we saw the porpoise in last year and how much that battered Lewis in particular. He was that the most yeah ambulance. It's just an ambulance, isn't it, Xavier? You're right. Uh, yeah, you saw how much of a battering Lewis was taking, and then there was this conversation as well. All right, so is it on the teams? But obviously, this is something that affected everyone kind of equally because it was the conditions and. And again, like forcing that mandatory three-stop certainly made this worse. Now, if you didn't have that mandatory three-stop, would it have been as bad? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Because they've raced around Qatar. They've raced around, you know, if everything else was the same, but they didn't have that, would it have still been as, as bad? 
it would have still been a lot like on the drivers for sure would it have been as much probably not quite as much um but it's also i think it's raised like good topic of conversation just with like other motorsports as well i know joseph newgarden um tweeted you know that and i don't think he was just doing this to be like oh well we've got it worse but like he said like yeah like this is a problem in motorsport and it's like it doesn't really get addressed in a lot of series but having it happen in Formula One now might bring a bit more eyeballs on it because F1 is the biggest motorsport. It is the the premier motorsport, so it's gonna um, it's gonna draw. But yeah, I, th I think racing this this time of year in Qatar um, is obviously less than less than ideal. I I would like to think they can move the calendar around. I'm just wondering if there's any other like chat. What what kind of solutions? It was, so you're saying V8, they have cool suits. So maybe for certain tracks, you you mandate a cool suit for all the drivers. I don't know if there's like cool helmet technology, and if that exists, because we know, we saw the drivers kind of opening up the visors down the straight to try and get some air. And it's just like, Im imagine you're like, you're boiling hot. You're like absolutely roasting. And then you want to get some air and someone gets like a, a hairdryer on like full heat and just blast it in your face. That's basically what that was, uh, <laughs> that was doing it. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, it is later next year actually, isn't it? Isn't it in November next year? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd rather they just didn't go into to, to to I'd rather they didn't go to Qatar in the first place. That would obviously be my preference. Um, but yeah, if they're gonna, which money talks, like of course it does. I th I think yeah, moving it back would will hopefully help. But well, yeah, IndyCar has that helmet helmet air intake. Alex, you're right. But my God, that is ugly. I do not want to see one of those helmet air intakes. I know this is a this is a conversation around safety, but there's a line. I'm sorry. That that air that air intake is so butters in in IndyCar. Um, but yeah, it looks like the top of an onion. Oh. Uh. No, I, I think there's other solutions. I think there's other solutions that are, are much better, um, more kind of, that do the job. I, you know, maybe there's a, because I think drivers getting hot in the cockpit, like that's regardless of the race. I mean, this is an extreme example, but I think it's just something across the board that, you know, is a thing. So, you know, could you, could you do you know, mandate, I don't know, call, more cooling into the cockpit? Um, in the design of the car, maybe have some, you know, veins that, you know, like the old F duct where you had, you know, there was a, well, obviously it was hand operated by the driver, but you had air coming in and then it was funneled somewhere else to then produce performance. Could you have, you know, something that's built into the car that funnels more air into the cockpit just to help just generally like that's just good generally across the board, surely like, Drivers are always, it's always a physical experience. So I think there's a lot of potential solutions. Um, again, I don't think the IndyCar big, massive vent attached to the helmet. I think there's better answers than that. Okay. I think there's better answers than that. Maybe calling the seat, maybe mandating more, um, more kind of heat, heat deflective material around the seat. I know the seats are, I think they have gold, don't they, on the the outside of the seats, like gold foil, um, to reflect a lot of that heat. Maybe they need to mandate more of that. 
um, just to help because it's not only the conditions, it's not only being in the, I mean, just walking around Qatar in that humidity at that temperature in a race suit that like you saw the mechanics in their race suits sweating and struggling. Imagine then all the G force of F1 and a screaming engine behind you, you know, all of that comes together and just cooks the drivers and not in a good way, you know, don't let them cook. Not in that way. Not in that way. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's, yeah, it, I like to think this shouldn't be a pressing issue anytime soon. I would hope because again, I think this was the perfect, the perfect storm of factors that made this such a imperfect, um, issue. But yeah, I think it's definitely food for thought, um, going forward. Um, you know, sometimes you have to make mistakes to learn from them, don't you? And I think there were mistakes made in hindsight. It's very easy to say in hindsight, of course, but FIB like let them cook. Yeah, not ideal, not ideal by any stretch, but fortunately everyone seems to be okay. That's the main thing. Um, because this would have been a very, very, very different conversation if like Lance was saying, I was basically passing out through the high speed corners. This would have been a very different situation if a driver had actually passed out of the wheel and had a huge accident because that could well have happened and that's why I'm kind of glad that Sergeant kind of didn't um didn't allow the you know for him to decide to come in was was a was a brave decision to make because the outcome could have been if he'd have carried on and something had happened that could have been pretty horrific but there you go um, cool. Right. On to Alpha Tauri. Disappointing. Um, was hoping for more from them. I know neither driver was particularly happy. Um, also, Daniel, they don't need to. Oh, wait. Sorry. I, I misread what you said. I'll carry on. I thought you were like the drivers need to deal with it. But you mean the F1 needs to deal with it. I was like, hang on a second, Daniel. That's not very, that's not very nice. Right? Just deal with it. Right. Cook for our entertainment drivers. No. Um, yeah, Alpha Tauri, disappointing. Was hoping for more from them. Lawson, not great. Sonoda, not great. I'm going to... I'm going to... Awful Tauri. Awful Tauri it is. Lawson had a car issue. A bunch of people had kind of... Um, I didn't hear Liam talk about a car issue as such afterwards. But maybe he did, because I've listened to all of the post-driver chats, post-race chats. Beta Tauri, it's, it's, it's a good time for that actually. Um, but I didn't hear Liam mention any issue. But maybe he did. Um, either way, I mean, look, it was it was like abysmal Tauri. It's good. Um, it's a lot to ask for the, from these drivers, especially yeah, it's your fourth race in F one as well. He's not built up that um, that kind of that cardio over time. To, to work with an F1 car that you would inevitably get having done 17 races versus this being your fourth races. So, alpha terrible, abhorrent Tauri. <laughs> um, not much more to say on them. Are we ready? Are we ready, everyone? Du, 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 du. Du, 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 du. It's about time. It's about time. Amazing Romeo. 
Alpha Chad Sigma Romeo. <laughs> Alpha Romeo. Omega. T awesome Romeo. Mm, I can't say that. It's just too cringe. It just makes me. Alpha Amazing. Oh, Andrew, I think that's the best one. Alpha Amazing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I like that. I like that a lot. Alpha amazing. Alpha amazing, everyone. Alpha amazing. Six points. Bosh. Love it. Love it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Great drive from both. Joe from the back, gave himself a lot of work to do, came through, um, finished just behind Bottas, benefiting from the, the Perez drop um, in terms of penalty-wise. Look, of course, the, cynic, the cynics among you will be, oh, well, you know, Hamilton, if he doesn't crash, he finishes ahead of him. Science finishes ahead of him if he doesn't have the incident. That still puts Bottas in the points. That still gives Bottas a point. Alpha amazing. Alpha amazing. Alpha Rizmeo. <laughs> Alpha nah, Alpha Amazing works really well. The battle for seventh makes me anxious. Let, let, again, let's let's quickly reflect on the battle for seventh by going back through all my graphics and looking at the constructor standings. Only nine seven points, should I say, off of Williams, four ahead of Haas. Obviously, Haas are bringing a big upgrade for Austin, which I am I really hope works because it would be so sad if they came out in Austin at the home Grand Prix and were like terrible with their lovely nice new shine. It's like Hassa doing what um, Ferrari did in, in Monza, bringing like a, an upgrade at their home Grand Prix and hopefully to bring the vibes. But anyway, we're not talking about Hassa, we're talking about Alpha Amazing and Alpha were very amazing yesterday. Um, great strategy. This was definitely a race where, you know, when you're pitting three times as well, the impact of of coming in at the right time, undercut, overcut, blah blah blah. You know, getting your pit stops correct. You know, Alpha weren't amazing at the pit stops themselves, but they were consistent, no issues, and job done. I'm a simple underdog enjoyer. Happy Valtteri is happy me. Yeah, it's it's good to see. You know, whenever you see a team struggle and then come back, you know. When they had that P5 and P7 in qualifying in, in Hungary. Such an opportunity and they didn't take it. They couldn't take it. And this opportunity wasn't as clear, anywhere near as clear an opportunity. But they managed to come away with six points. So they managed to come away with 
six lovely juicy points. So well done, Alfa Romeo. Well done, Joe Guan Yu. Well done, Valtteri Bottas. Um, big credit to them too. Delivered um, when it matters for the team. And this could, in terms of prize money, you know, I know Audi are stepping up their interest, but that's really going to help them out. Yeah, I feel like to the teams, surely, when you look at the ATR split, right, and the whole, you know, 5% increments versus the, let's just say 12 million euros, dollars, whatever, I think that's the figure, it's around about 12 million. The benefit of the money to the teams at the bottom is going to be exponentially bigger than the benefit of the slightly more ATR by finishing lower. Versus the top teams, I think the top teams who have got massive budgets anyway. I mean, Red Bull have got money for days, Mercedes, Ferrari, all that. Yeah, sure, it's nice to get that extra 12 million, but that extra bit of ATR is going to be of more value to them than the 12 million extra that the lower teams will get. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? So I, th I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal, that battle for P7. That's a big deal to these teams at the bottom. Bigger deal than, you know the piece two or p3 or p4 in the constructors in my opinion um but yeah we will see we shall see how's entry is entry come along by the way no news as far as i'm i've seen um so here no news um why are people talking about an audi statement yeah just ru rumors about audi i don't there's 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 part of those rumors. I'm, I mean, they already own twenty five percent of that team, so I don't think they can just put out. So, um, thank you, Martin, for the twenty C said K. Yeah, I, I mean, they already own part of that team, so it's like I don't really. I mean, obviously, contracts are contracts, and contracts are complicated. But yeah, it was always going to be a long term plan with Audi, so hopefully, it will come good with them spearheading the team. Uh, I have nothing to say. Alpine. Um, Alpine. Uh, Ocon. Very quiet race. Did his job. With sick in his mouth. And just got the job done. You know, like we've all been on those nights out, right? When you, you feel like, oh, just, you know, get out of your system and crack on. And that's exactly what he did. All right. He, 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 you take the chunder, you take the chunder and you move. You move, all right? And uh, great race from Esteban. Um, he was knackered afterwards. Well, I mean, they all were. But yeah, he pulled a Weber. He did, but he uh, he made it work. Unfortunately, fortunately, they have not released the radio, if there is radio anyway, of Ocon throwing up in the helmet. Um, because we did get that radio from Weber and... Oh, it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's not pleasant at all. Uh, but no, good race from Ocon. Um, Gasly, the most track limits violations of anyone. Seven. One more than Checo. Um, and then two more than Alex. Not great from Gasly. Not a great, not a great race, to be honest. I mean, Ocon qualified behind Gasly, didn't he? But then Ocon jumped him at the start and, yeah, the track limits. Yeah. Penalties, not good for, for Pierre, but all in all, a pretty a pretty mid weekend from, from the mid team on the grid, you know? 
not much more to say. Oh yeah, and someone mentioned as well. Yeah, obviously Haas did. Uh, Hulkenberg did get that grid uh, penalty, which he pulled into Science's grid spot, the numpty. Um, yeah, I mean you could see what how a driver could get confused, but yeah, it's it's of, of his experience, it's, it's not ideal. Um, but yeah, that's it for Alpine. Nothing more to say really. Um, Ferrari, yeah, again, I've given them clangor at the weekend. Not getting the car, not having the car ready for science to race at the start because of a leak is not good. Ferrari's, uh, Leclerc's pace was not great, much closer to Aston than it was to Ferrari and Red Bull. They know their weakness is Ferrari. It's just about tying up the rest of the season, see capitalising, getting as much as they can from the rest of this season and then going from there. But yeah, Ferrari back to back on form, but again, good pit stop, so... Every cloud. Again, we didn't see much of Charles, so not much more to say on that front. Um, Aston Martin, Alonso, hot seat. I did wonder when um, when he pulled in for that pit stop, I was like, are they going to just lob a bucket of water, pour it over his head? Um, I don't know if that would have... I don't know if that would have actually helped him. You know, like, I can imagine... You're sitting in there, you're sweating your absolute nut off and then you get cold water poured over you, which is like a really nice initial, but then after like 10 laps, all of that water that's soaked into your suit would then just become warm and then it's just like you're just, you know, you're just cooking. You're on like a slow cook. So I don't know if actually, apparently it wasn't allowed. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently it's not allowed because it interferes with that. I did not know that. Why would that not be... Interferes with the weight of the car. So that's quite a kind of what would have destroyed his electronics. No, not, if they just poured it over his head. No, I think. Um, oh, and that Alonso rejoin as well. I forgot about that Martin as well. That rejoin was sketchy. Was sketch. But yeah, minimum weight. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, but when it again, I think this is one of those things that will be looked at, right? So if you're if you're actively choosing to not pour water, like say rain, I mean, what happens when it rains? But I guess that's the same conditions for everyone. If, if you're actively making this decision to not cool down your driver because it goes against the rules, that's where I think, okay, in these kind of instances, something maybe needs to be looked at here. Yes, could it be, um, could that rule be manipulated potentially you know it's like oh we, we've we're low on our minimum weight let's chuck water over the driver to get it up a bit you've always got to consider that but at the same time like fernando didn't want water poured on him because you know he fancied he fancied a shower he wanted water poured on him because he was burning his his, his rear end was burning on the seat so um so yeah yeah, obviously they drive when it rains, but then it's the same rain for everyone. Whereas if you're just pouring water on some drivers and not others and increasing their minimum weight, I, I guess I get it. I guess I get it. Um, but yeah, all in all, pretty. I mean, Fernando, you know, he had he had a couple of mistakes actually, didn't he, this weekend, Fernando? A um, couple of uncharacteristic errors. He wasn't really punished too badly, but yeah, a um, couple of mistakes from Fernando, but managed to hold on to the end. Um, Lance... Lance pace-wise was okay in the race, but this has been a, 
damaging weekend to a to a career that is already um, not in particularly high regard in terms of him being there, in terms of why he's there, in terms of his pace, in terms of the seat he's taking, that there are plenty of other drivers who, who would be able to step in and do a better job than Lance Stroll. Um, and his head just doesn't seem with it. He seems a lot more positive and, and talkative and that. You know, I think I think someone someone at Aston Martin, maybe his old man. I'd love to know what that kind of relationship is, um, not personally, of course, but like that racing relationship is between him and his dad. Like, would Lawrence have given him a stern talking to after that? Because it was not a good look what happened on Friday by any stretch. It was very embarrassing for him, very embarrassing for the team. And it's almost like, I don't know, this whole Aston Martin branding exercise in Formula 1, the attribution, like the, since Aston Martin's come into Formula One, Stroll has been in that car and Stroll has been a big talking point. Now, of course, Alonso is a huge name, which is carrying a lot of, carries a lot of weight for Aston Martin. It's important to Lawrence to have that big name, just like Vettel before. You know, he wants to sell more road cars. He owns the, the road cars and the Formula One team. And it's, it's, it's getting to the point now where the Stroll name is almost starting to, to, potentially muddy the perception of Aston Martin because we see this as that it's the team with the the driver's son in you know who's not if he was good enough fine you know what I mean like you let's not pretend right if we were in if I'm sure 90% of us watching right if we had the opportunity to go racing and our parent or parents were a billionaire or were billionaires and were prepared to fund that career you take the opportunities you can in life, right? You can't, you know, if you get that shot, you take it, right? Because you only, you only live once and not everyone gets those opportunities and be grateful for it, but also capitalize, make the most of it. But the levels aren't there. His head doesn't seem, you know, in it. In, and that's based off of, off of his actions. And the, the toll of, uh, the toll of Fernando just, because the thing is, like, after last season, Stroll should have felt quite confident. You know, he's had a four-time world champion in the seat next to him, and his average quality deficit was about one and a half tenths over the course of the year. Yes, Vettel was better, no doubt, but it was close, and it was plenty close enough. Now Fernando's come in and well and truly battered him. Well and truly battered him. And it comes to the point where it's just like, because I'm all for one one and two drivers, for sure, for sure. And we'll talk about that later. But when that gap gets so egregious, it's a lot. Stroll had a good race. Did you even watch? Yes. He also got a penalty for track limits and therefore didn't get any points, Mark. He also went out in Q1 in both qualifying sessions. So I think good race is a stretch. When you consider, you know, Joe came from the back to ninth. Stroll went out in Q1. Yeah, didn't write recovery, but then fell out of the points because he got a penalty. You know, it, it wasn't a good race. You can't say it's a good race when, when he's got no points, even though he should have got points through his own fault, you know, and qualified so badly, which was his fault as well. So, uh, yeah, it's... um. It's not looking too good, Brev. Um, maybe the hypercar project is a nice PR seamless way of 
giving Lancen out. We talked about this actually. It was, it was a really good chat actually on the, the pod that we did for Last Lap last night, which will be coming out on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Um, there are many examples of drivers who have had difficult F1 careers. Let's just say difficult. Um, let's just yeah, use the word difficult, right? Because I think that it's fair to say he's had a difficult F1 career and have gone on to almost rediscover um, and reestablish their name in other motorsports, right? SHT, Brendan Hartley, good shout, great shout. Gone to uh, Le Mans, WEC, LMP, all that. Kobayashi as well, yep. Giovinazzi, exactly, goes, uh, wins Le Mans, first time of asking, first time Ferrari have won it since the 60s or whatever. Um, they literally, Ferrari had a commemorative livery to commemorate Antonio Giovinazzi's achievement at Monza. Jesus is amongst us. Phenomenal. Marcus Ericsson. Joel. Marcus Ericsson. Rivet. Exactly. Marcus Ericsson. Um, wins Indy 500. Could could easily be a multiple-time Indy 500 winner, by the way. Not even just twice. It was very close. Newgarden obviously nipped him last year, didn't he? Um, this year, sorry. But there's like... You can go away from F1 and do well. Alex Rossi, yeah. Alex Rossi established himself in IndyCar. Um, do well in other series and and build stock and, and become a big name in other series. That's the thing. And it's just, it feels like we're just beating a dead horse here with um, with Lance Stroll in Formula One. And he's, he's seven years in, isn't it? It was two, 2017 was his first season. Um, yeah, Eilat, um Armstrong, even like Lungards. Lungards won a... You know, he, yeah, all right, he never even got to F1, neither did Eilat and Armstrong. But, you know, Lungard wasn't a particularly exceptional F2 driver and he's come in and he's won, a, won an IndyCar race, you know. Um, and, yeah, he, look, Lance has had his moment, like, moments, like you say, Wormy, he's had his pole in Turkey, he's had his podiums as well when, he, when he's capitalised on instances. It feels like to me that Stroll is a very um, confidence driver, you know. Like 2020, he was really strong up until we had the incident in, in Mugello. He was having a really good season and it just, he just kind of never recovered it. And again, last season, I think he was driving with, I think he's driving, I think it's a combination. He's driving worse than he was last year because his confidence is taking a battering. And also I think Alonso's doing a better job than Vettel was in the Aston Martin. I think it's a combination of those two, those two factors. So I, I, I hope that if things don't get better, obviously, yeah, I, if things can get better and Lance can start getting up there and getting points, cool. Sweet, I'm happy with that. But if they don't start getting better, I do hope he looks for a um, a seat elsewhere, potentially in the Valkyrie um, for Le Mans, because again, it's just too far too often we're we're, we're talking about his uh, his he's not very good performances, aren't we? Far too often. Right, Mercedes. Um, I've kind of said all. I wanted to say on the incident, it's more on Lewis for me, for sure. There's literally nothing George could possibly have done. I do think it's a, it's it was a it was a brave and ultimately foolish decision for Mercedes to put Lewis on a soft tire behind George on a medium. George didn't have any softs. Lewis did fresh softs anyway. Um, but again, this is where Lewis qualifying behind George hurt Lewis a lot here, just like it did in Singapore. Um, and, but also 
in the incident, like there's literally nothing more George could have done. I mean, you can't, you can't seriously. I've seen some people try and argue that George should have just immediately conceded position to Lewis. You can't do that at the start, right? Being on a fresher tyre does not guarantee you a good start. Lewis had a great start on that soft. Be, just being on that soft doesn't guarantee you a good start. Think about in the sprint, right? You had Piastri, Norris and Verstappen all start on the mediums. Yes, Norris and Verstappen got s swallowed up straight away. Piastri didn't. Piastri got almost as good a start as the soft runners. So you can't seriously, from P2 on the grid, expect George to immediately secede position to, to Lewis Hamilton when there's no guarantee Lewis would even get a good start. Like that's that's crazy, that's it. That that sorry. That just that that's that just doesn't work. Um, George got a decent start. He got kind of somewhat alongside Verstappen. He had nowhere else to go. Lewis misjudged it. Could have used more of the track. Didn't, and there was contact, and he was out of the race. And that's you know you can't do that. Massive opportunity missed for Mercedes. Given how George was able to recover through to fourth, what could have been, you know, them fighting with the McLarens, maybe even Verstappen, you know. It could have been a lot more interesting because having, having you know, four cars behind Verstappen close rather than two might have made pitting and all that a bit more tricky. You don't know. You just don't know. Thank you, Adonis, for the 499. Now that Max wins both titles by himself, how dope would Vettel Verstappen be for 24? Red Bull has nothing to lose. Yeah, Vettel's talk Vettel said never say never. Um, I don't think that would go well for Vettel. I, I honestly don't think that would go well for Vettel. When you look at Vettel relative to Stroll, sorry, I know there's a lot of Vettel fans out there, and Vettel, Seb's a great guy, right? But he's just not at that level, I'm sorry. You look at how close he was relative to Stroll last year. Um, you know, he had his mo he's had his moments, of course. He's had his, he, he had his, he's had his great moments. But compared to Max Verstappen, Vettel right now would get absolutely pumped by Max. He just would. Um, he just would. That wouldn't look, that would not be, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want that for Seb, you know. I wouldn't want that for Seb. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Um, sorry, there's a couple of super chats I missed actually. Um, Jamie, thank you for the 299 earlier. Don't know why that didn't pop up. Daniel Ricciardo to Red Bull 2024 is imminent, in my opinion. We'll talk about that, Jamie, when we get onto the Red Bull actually. We'll talk about that because we, we'll, we'll talk about Red Bull shortly. But thank you, Jamie, for the, uh, for the Aussies. Um, thank you, Internet Lad, as well, for the 5NZ. New Zealand, up the Kiwis, album banger drive for leading the Grand Prix. I wish. I wish I could claim that was a, that was a banger-worthy moment, but unfortunately not. Um, and also, Jacques, thank you for the two quid. Opinion on Lance Push. No, I an apology. Um, yeah, I said this I said this in the post-sprint. Um, Look, I'm not. I'm not just gonna follow the most cynical perspective on on Lance. Look, he's frustrated. Should he be taken out on a on a member of team personnel? No, he shouldn't be. Of course, he shouldn't be. It's embarrassing. It's uh, it's a bad look. You know, he 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 should he should be apologising not to the to the world. He should be apologising to his to his mate. Because this is the thing as well, right? These drivers with their their trainers, they are so close to their trainers because they spend so much time with their trainers because they help what they eat. You see, like uh, that. There's so many examples of trainers that they spend a lot of time with their, these drivers. And I like to think Stroll wouldn't have shoved just some random member of staff. Like 
almost because it's his his mate, like he's he's called him his bro. Like I can I can understand why Lance would feel like, oh, this is this is someone safe. I can almost take my frustrating out frustration out on them. It's not right. It's not right. Of course it's not right. But I can understand where in that frustrated moment that would go to. You know, it's it's embarrassing. He, I hope he's, I'm, I'm sure he has like apologised to his mate and I'm sure a lot more of this stuff goes on behind I mean the camera only just caught it and it didn't even really catch it clearly either so um, I'm sure a lot more of this kind of stuff goes on behind closed doors like I assure you it does but um, yeah it, it's it's not a good look I just you know Lance knows what he did wasn't right and especially when you're like, put, like the, you're the one who's messed up and you're like taking that out on someone else that's when it's just a that's when it's it stinks, you know what I mean? It it, it it wasn't a good look, but either way, either way, I hope they've patched it up and he just needs to pull his finger out and yeah, um, actually, if he's not going to make the most of this opportunities, if he's not going to be, I mean, he, he, he came across very, uh, he's frustrated, but he came across very ungrateful on Friday and Saturday. So I hope he's, uh, he's checked himself a bit. But also, I hope he's doing all right because there's a lot of pressure, of course, on him. But this is sport. This is this is top tier F one. Like you, you, you kind of you sink or swim, don't you? You sink or swim. Um, but yeah, Mercedes. Back to Mercedes. I think I've covered everything really with that, haven't I? Um, great race from George and stinker from Lewis. Not much more to say on that. Um, right, let's talk about a certain. Papayan car. Hello, every uh, all the Papayans out there. I know there's many of you who watch these streams. Uh, many McLaren fans out there, of course, understandably. Um, great lineup. Great colour. Um, and 11 points behind Aston Martin now. It, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they pass Aston Martin in the Constructors' um, Championship. And yeah, man, it's a good drive. I want to um, vindicated Papayan. I want to ask if if Lando had started second. Mm, actually, no, no, no. That's not the question to ask. If McLaren, there's not two C's in McLaren. If McLaren had um, swapped Lando and Oscar, would Lando have caught? Max, or not caught, caught up to Max, not past Max necessarily, but caught up to Max. Because obviously, I, I, I did, I did think at the time I was like, hmm. Given the gaps at the end, and given Lando's pace advantage, seemingly, um, for him to recover from P10 to P3, and then be within Oscar's dirty air for as long as he was. I do believe, yeah, Lando couldn't pass Piastri. No, he couldn't. And I think the dirt air was enough of a factor. You know, you say, um, is it like at Monaco, you need a three and a half second delta to actually get a move done? And like Suzuka, they were saying, like when we're at Suzuka, you needed a good like two seconds on the car in front to actually have enough of a speed offset to make a pass. Um, you know, it's not just about, now, Lando 
Lando could be a half a second quicker than Piastri, but that's not enough of a delta to get close enough in the dirty air around a track like Qatar, where it's all high-speed corners, so it's just dirty air, dirty air, dirty air, like everywhere, apart from that straight. Lando couldn't get close enough to make the move. So what I'm saying is that if they'd have swapped the positions, do you think Lando would have had, you know, if he had half a second on Oscar, you know, he could have maybe closed that gap to Max. It's hard to say. It's very hard to say. Um, and I think as well, you could, well, like you say, David, Max would have just pushed more. And I think that is a very good point. And I think Christian touched on that in the end. You know, he, Christian felt like they had McLaren covered, you know, regardless. And Max, you know, whether you win by half a second or or 100 seconds, a win's a win. And, and that gap was comfortable. That final pit stop for Red Bull was a bit sus. It's that 4.1 because the front left. I reckon there was a few uh, a few hearts dropped when that happened. But um, you would assume that Max still had extra pace in the bag. But how much? We don't know. We don't know how much. And certainly that gap at the end was not as big as we've seen it so often uh, this year. So, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, most of you have said, eight, 83% of you are saying no if they had to have swapped them, Lando would not have caught up to Max. And again, I think, you know, I think I think Lando would have got closer to Max, but would he have had a, enough of a pace offset to overtake Max? Absolutely not. No, no, no way, no way. And so I think McLaren played it as well as they could. I think they played it right by just saying hold position. Um, or even if they'd have said, I don't know, the problem is, right, McLaren have, have asked for this. And this is kind of what they wanted. They wanted two fantastic drivers. And they've clearly got that. Two fantastic drivers who can get a fantastic level of performance out of their car. But it's, you know, it, it's a it's a tricky situation. If, you, if, you, if you're going to take on two alphas in your team, okay, ALPHAs, not Alpha Romance, Alpha Amazing, um, then you're asking for for these kind of situations where one driver's going to be like, oh, I'm faster, and the other driver's going to be like, oh, I'm all right, I'm fine. And again, like Lando, you know, by messing up qualifying, he put himself behind Oscar, and therefore, you know, Oscar's capitalised in both the sprint and the main race. Um, I mean, I can understand Lando pushing for, to want to go past because he thinks he's faster, but ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, no, um, but McLaren are very close to having a, a title fighting car here, which is crazy to say, but they're very close to a title challenging car right now. So very soon, potentially, we will be at the situation where this won't be for P2, this will be for a race win. And that's when all gloves have to come off. You know, you can't, if Lando thinks he's quicker, and, and it's P, they're P1, P2, and Oscar's P1. You can't reasonably expect Lando to not want to go for that win. Lando and Oscar will cost each other the World Drivers' Championship. Look, Max, it happened in uh, 2007, didn't it? Hamilton and Alonso tripping over each other, and then Kimi Raikkonen was just like, I'll take that, thank you very much. See ya. I'm off to do some rallying. And uh, oh, that was a bit late, wasn't it? He did the rallying. But yeah, I, you know... 
But this is what you asked for. You know, this is what Mercedes asked for when they when they signed Lewis and George for two more years on top of this. Um, kind of Ferrari, maybe got a bit of that now with science seeming to step up and 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 put his you know put his hat in the ring. I do think that there's still enough of a gap between Leclerc and Science that it's about right. But you know. On, on their day. But then if you stick Lando in a red ball, he's going to be against Max Verstappen. And then, then the thing is, then you're giving Red Bull a problem that they don't have right now. Because Red Bull, of the top teams, it's only Aston Martin and Red Bull who have a very, very, very clear and obvious one too. And if you want to fight for a title, yeah, Max is proven. If you can just win pretty much every race, you can win the constructors on your own. You don't need three, two drivers. You don't need a teammate who's going to you know, potentially create division within. And I'm not saying, trust me, I, I think, I think McLaren have managed it pretty perfectly up to this point. But I'm just concerned that it ends up going the way of what I feel like Mercedes is going. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. You know, because McLaren could have just kept Ricardo. Maybe Ricardo would have would have got disillusioned and wanted to leave anyway by just being beaten by Lando so often. But if they wanted that clear one too, they kind of had it, and they were like, "Nope, we're going to pay him off and we're going to get Piastri in because." And you know, maybe Piastri is obviously great insurance. If they do lose Lando to Red Bull, which seems less likely now, given the the pace and given how good Max is going, and given that. I think Norris Norris is still the quicker driver of the two. Let's not get it twisted. I think Norris is still quicker than Piastri. I think he's still more a complete driver than Piastri. But this is after 17 races for Oscar. I think where he'll be after 30. I mean, how many what so how many races has Lando had in F1? Lando has had he's had nine podiums and he's had 99 starts. So next race will be Lando's 100th race in Formula 1. The very next race in uh, in Austin, so and Oscar's had seventeen. So again, I think look, it's it's good insurance from McLaren, but it it could get a bit feisty. Which look, if I'm thinking from the team's point of view, I'm like, oh. But fortunately, you know, my favourite driver is Alex Albon, so I'm I'm you know it, as long as it's entertaining, I, I don't really mind. I, I've got a lot of time. You know, they're they're both two really good lads like I've got a lot of time for both of them and I want to see them both do well um, but yeah we will see we shall see I think Oscar will be better oh it, actually this could be a good little poll let's, let's get a little poll going right so we're seeing how Oscar is after 17 how Lando is after 99 races who has the higher ceiling who has the higher ceiling Lando or Oscar It's a tough one because don't underestimate Lando's rookie season, by the way. He beat Science in qualifying in his debut season, which Oscar's nowhere near beating Lando in qualifying head-to-head anyway. To be fair, I think the actual time delta was quite close. Um, and it, I'm not sure what the time delta was Lando to, to Science, but I know head-to-head Lando beat Science in his first season. How to start a war on YouTube. Look, look. You don't have to be a hater of one to vote for the other, all right? You just... Ceiling, so like ultimate, how good can the best one get? Because I think quite clearly right now, Lando is still quicker than Oscar. 
And I think also Lando's not at his best yet. I think Lando's still got room to develop and grow because he's only 24, 25, whatever he is. Um, but when push comes to shove, who do you think can get to their... What's, who's got the higher peak, basically? Who's got the higher ceiling? The higher peak. So I think it's... Um, I think it. I think it. I think it's a tricky one. I think it's a very tricky one. We need to realise Lando was racing terrible cars. Well, he was for some of it. I wouldn't say all of it. I mean, that 2020 McLaren was not terrible. Um, it gave him his, you know, first podium opportunity, and and he's he's had his moments. I think Oscar's, you know, Lando had a poor McLaren. He's had the same McLaren that Oscar's had this year. Um, Lando's had good McLarens, like all right McLarens, not championship winning McLarens, of course, but then neither is, neither is Oscar. So, um, okay, well, 67% of you saying Oscar. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think to get to a very good level, you know, a lot of drivers can get very good, but to get that extra little, like, it's like diminishing returns, you'd think, and that extra little bit of quality. Yeah, I think Lando did, he made two big mistakes in both qualifying sessions. You know, that's, we're not seeing Max do that, you know, and their cars weren't that far off in terms of pace, at least around one lap. So why, why am I wearing a watch and I've got, I'm wearing my black Casio and I've got my metal Casio in my, in my pocket. Oh, secret word to everyone who's watching the VOD. Um, Casio, best watch brand out there. Love a Casio. I need to get some more. Um, but anyway, whatever. Sixty-six percent of you think Oscar has the higher ceiling. Time will tell. Time will tell. I think he's got the potential to have a higher ceiling, but um, I don't know. I think Norris is very good. Multiple watches, yeah. Multiple. This one was like a tenner, and the straps broken. You can't see it because. The straps were so I had to cut it. I had to cut it off. So it barely goes on anymore. Um, but. Love a Casio. Two watch Tomo. <laughs> Anything more to say on McLaren? Again. World record pit stop. Team's looking on fire at the minute. And hopefully Stella can carry on this momentum into next year. Because yeah. They've really turned it around. And those those management changes from, from Zach Brown. Those those reshuffles. Um, send Key on his on his way to, to Alfa Romeo with uh, with Seidel and yeah, changing things up at McLaren, it, it seems to have paid dividends and they've only, remember this car was developed in the Toyota wind tunnel in Germany, not their new one. Their new one's only just come online. So you got to think as well, like, and, and McLaren have stonks of ATR left, didn't they? Because by, by mid season, hang on, let me have a look at the calendar. Uh, 20, 23 Formula One season. Um, so what was the cutoff date for the ATR? Was it the 30th of June? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before, it was after Canada, before Austria. That was the cutoff of ATR. So what was the, what would the construct, let me actually, hang on, let me, let me find by looking at my post-race chinwag of the Canadian Grand Prix what the constructors table looks like after Canada um, where are you Canada oh Canada you might hear me talking there we go 
it's fine, right? All the constructors like after Canada. Um, oh my god, that is mad. Right, let me just do a little uh, little screen share of uh, of what the constructors look like after Canada. Is my uh, my lovely face? Hello, look at me, pixelated face. Look at look at this constructors table after Canada. Isn't that mad? McLaren is sixth with 17 points after Canada. So this is where they were when the eight. So this is how this table looked when the ATR reset. This is how the ATR looks when the table reset. I'm just going to crop that, that out there. You don't need to look at that face any more than, than absolute necessary. And I'll make it a pink background because vibes. Um, yeah, so you have Red Bull first, McLaren's uh, Mercedes second, Aston third, Ferrari fourth, Alpine fifth. Forty-four points over McLaren on mate. Imagine at this stage being like, yeah, McLaren are going to easy cash Aston Martin. <laughs> Crazy, but yeah, this is after Canada, so this was when the ATR reset. Good for Williams actually being ninth then. Um, not so good for Alfa Romeo, but yeah. Yeah, that's when the ATR reset. So McLaren have got lots of ATR to uh, to invest um, in their in their automobile. And uh, yeah, I don't know why I've gone to this graphic. It's all looking good for McLaren. It's all looking good for McLaren. But finally, let's talk about Red Bull Racing. Max Verstappen wins again. Checo has a stinker again. And um, you know what? Like it's, I saw it again to bring up um, to bring up Jamie's super chat from earlier. Daniel Ricciardo to Red Bull twenty twenty four is imminent, in my opinion. <sighs> Look, I think that what I've said before about you know McLaren having two drivers really close and potentially tripping over each other. We haven't seen that yet, but we haven't Mercedes. We haven't really seen that at Ferrari, although at Monza. There were definitely from science and Leclerc almost locking up into the back of science as well. You know, we know which, you know, they kept it clean ultimately, Ferrari, in the end, right? Leclerc backed out when science just cut the corner to like hold him off. You know, Red Bull don't have that problem. They just don't. They have one driver that they can just, they know will deliver and doesn't have to worry about their teammate. It doesn't have to worry about internal politics, right? Because Max is just doing his talking on track because he's that much clear of Checo. Um, it does get to the point, though, when is that gap so egregious? Let's just say, right? Imagine next year. Imagine next year, McLaren, Mercedes, maybe Aston Martin. Close that gap to Red Bull to within, within a couple of tenths in qualifying and, you know, still slower than Red Bull. Very close. Let's just say that's a thing, right? Let's just say. The gap between Max and Checo means that Checo will be qualifying like, at best, like 7th, 8th most weekends, if not even worse than he is now, given the hope that the, the bottom teams will close that gap to Red Bull even more so with the ATR and the, and, and the budget cap effect kind of really coming in so then you get to the point where well will max just be lone gunning at the front on his own 
trying to win a World Drivers' Championship. If anyone can do it, it's him. But it certainly won't help his cause by having a teammate that's nowhere near. This is why I say like Leclerc and Science are about right. Because I do think Leclerc is the better driver. He's the quicker driver. Most weekends, like he's shown unbelievable levels of talent as, as, as Charles Leclerc. And Science has done a really good job this year. But I think Leclerc's got that, he's got that edge on Science, right? Where it's still fairly clear to me that he is the, the the better, more capable driver. And if it came to a driver's championship fight, I think Leclerc's the guy to do the fighting. We saw that at the start of 2022. You know, it was all Charles. Yes, obviously, Science has got better with this car. But what I will say is that there are benefits to having two drivers up the front close together because you can be a bit more strategic on pit stops and blah, blah, blah. And you can utilize the second car. And Red Bull can't do that because Checo's nowhere near. And this is the end of Checo's third season at that team. He's been given three full seasons. And I would argue, I don't know about you, I would argue that this 2023 season, when you look at the numbers, you can't dis disregard the start of the year when Checo started really strongly, won those two races. You can't disregard that. But the absolute level of stink when that car is so good, it's arguably the most dominant F1 car of all time. It's certainly in that conversation. It's certainly in that top five, probably even top three. Up there with what? 2004 Ferrari, uh, 92 Williams, uh, 2013 Red Bull as well. Like, there's so many examples. <sighs> you know, it, Checo's doing at least as bad a job as Alex and Gasly were when they were in that Red Bull right now. Like, this this recent form is at least as bad as them, if not worse. If not worse, for sure. Um, so yeah, look, it's it gets to the point. Does it become untenable to keep Perez in that seat? They're not going to get the, the issues of two number one drivers, which other teams are going to get. So Red Bull, I could understand why they would keep him, even if that gap is this gap remains. But again, Checo's been at this team for three full seasons now. Well, it will be by the end of this year. And he's, he's, it's worse than it's ever been. It's worse than it's ever been. And it's never been great. It's never been that close to Max. But I mean, the average quality gap, I think, to Max last year was like less than four tenths. And it feels like it must be way bigger than that this year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he's just taken a batter in and... In, in the same way that, you know, he's taken a battering and there's no, for me, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I remember Rachel Brooks asked him, you know, I think it was after Friday, maybe, Friday quality. I was like, how do you recover from this? Or maybe it was the end of after last week. I can't remember exactly. But she basically asked him, like, how do you kind of recover from this, build back and then take the fight to max next year? And I was like, we're not going to do that again. All right. I drank the Kool-Aid as much as anyone else, all right? When Checo won those two races at the start of the year and was almost level on points after four, I was like, yes, this is it. This is the fight that we were waiting for. He's going to do it. And that was foolish in hindsight because Max Verstappen. So, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, re I really, I really don't know. Could I see Ricardo back in that car for 24? Absolutely. 
like, I guess maybe, I don't know. Because, I, I, you know, Max would also, as much as Ricardo has been Max's closest teammate by far in his career, I do think Max would definitely beat Ricardo. Oh, the battery's run out. I've been talking for so long. I've gone through an entire battery. Wow. What what absolute waffle. We've been talking for almost two hours. Bruv, I need to get some food in me, man. I've not eaten all day. Um, we've got the rainbow first, and then we've got the... There we go. We on? We good? We're back? Hello again. Um, it's a lot of chinwagging, it is. That's a lot of chinwagging. Yeah, I just... I don't know, man. I think I, I do. I think Ricardo would do any worse a job than Checo. No, no, I don't. I think he'd do a better job than Checo. I think he'd he'd be coming in with a without that. It would be pressure, but a different kind of pressure, not the just expectation that he's just going to get you know battered around. But then, why wouldn't Red Bull just swap them out at the end of this year? You know, like because things don't look like they're improving. It's very in Red Bull's nature. But then obviously Checo brings a huge, you know, financial, um, you know, support in terms of sponsors, in terms of revenue from that side. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I really don't know. And and whether you give Yuki a go, obviously massively depends on what their plans are with Yuki long-term. So obviously Aston Martin's being... You know, if you're going to move Stroll on to, to, to hypercars, maybe that's the Sonoda entrance into Aston Martin with the Honda connection. Do they need financial support? They don't. But also, you know, for these teams, these team, Red Bull Racing is not Red Bull GmbH. They are two separate companies. Almost like, um, you know, Amazon owns Twitch, right? And Twitch always makes a loss. And eventually, Amazon will probably just close it down or sell it or whatever because they are just hemorrhaging money. Yes, Red Bull Racing is an asset that Red Bull GmbH own, but it is in Red Bull's best interest, Red Bull Racing's best interest, that they become self-sustainable, self-sufficient. And a big part of that is getting sponsors to pay for logos on the side of your car. I mean, that's pretty much... All of it, really. They've got that big deal with Oracle. Um, and then you've got, you know, Telcel, Telmex, Claro, um, which are all from from um, sponsors related to Checo. So I think, you know, that is going to, that is going to, you know, Daniel gives, Daniel doesn't bring as many, I think, direct sponsors. Like I know he's got Optus, he's kind of affiliated with, but that's more of just on his helmet. Um Checo brings big money sponsors to that team that want to put their logos on the car. Daniel, from what from what I'm aware, he doesn't really bring those kind of sponsors. He brings a lot of fan interest, a lot of fan interest, um, but he brings a different kind of attention, I guess. I think Checo brings a more corporate money attention. Yes, obviously, Checo's got a massive Latin American fan base, no doubt, but in terms of what Red Bull are looking at from, all right, what's going to actually pay the bills at Red Bull Racing? You know, bringing those big sponsors in, it is obviously gonna um, pay dividends. You know, pay a lot of dividends. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think almost in the same breath of, of of stroll, you know, moving on and doing something to 
because I really hope that unfortunately this will kind of define Checo's career him being battered by Max and being seen as this driver who's just nowhere near and really struggling in a car and it's just like is it worth it I don't know that's a human decision that only he can make but I think there's a lot to to be said for for trying something else and maybe trying to do what you know I think he could have an amazing career in maybe a different F1 team maybe Andretti you know obviously that's a North American link maybe in the States doing sports cars like Magnussen kind of dabbled in for a bit maybe doing Indy like Ericsson and all these drivers I think Perez would be fantastic in IndyCar I'd love that but um, but yeah I just because it's not going to beat Max it's not going to happen it's just not going to happen so it's like I don't know what the for a driver of his experience, you know, I just, I just, I don't get it. I would still, I would still put Ricardo in that Red Bull next year. You know, I, I've been, I've been saying this for a while. I've been pretty firm on that since like mid-season that I just think Ricardo's not going to do any worse a job, and he, he, he will be closer to Max, I believe. Um, not close enough to make it an issue, but he'll be close enough that it will be an ideal little balance, you know, Perez, you know, there's so many opportunities. I just think it's, I just don't think it's worth it for him seeing him continue to struggle. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of Checo fans in the chat and, and watching this, like it, it, it's not enjoyable. Like I, I did it for one year with Albon, seeing my driver get beaten and every single weekend, just constantly getting battered I just put up with that for one year. And you know what? He was a second year in F1. So I always had that excuse to fall back on. But like Checo with his experience to just, it's been like a good two years. You know, he did his job in 21, but of just battering week in, week out. And it's just not, it's not enjoyable to watch. It's not enjoyable to like cover and talk about really. Cause like, I like the guy, but it would be, I'd be dishonest if I wasn't, being being honest with my opinion, my sporting opinion, which is just is not anywhere near good enough in that car. In the same way that Ricardo, even though Ricardo got a win in, in a McLaren, but he was nowhere near good enough in that car. Um, but the gap is even bigger between Verstappen and Perez than it was between Norris and Ricardo. So, how fast was that racing point? We'll never know, Ryan. But I think it was faster than the the drivers exploited for sure. Yeah. Is what it is, but yeah, Max Verstappen third world title. Credit to him, hats off. He's the setting the absolute standard right now in the sport, and um, I hope I hope he's got more to. I hope he's got to fight for it more. I, I said I, I'll say this a million times. I do not mind if Max wins the title next year and the title year. I'm I would be more than happy with that if you can guarantee me he will be fighting for every result. You know, even if he won like almost every race, if it's tight, if it's close, if it's being full, if it's exciting, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So we'll see. They're in a great position. Again, clear one, two driver dynamic, best car, best driver. But McLaren are coming. McLaren are coming. Right. Cool. Uh, we are done. We are done. I've been talking for almost two hours now which is far too much chinwagging for, for one stream. But you know what? There was a lot to cover. And also, I'm not doing a video this week because I'm going on holiday tomorrow. 
So I'm going to be away. I'm getting back on um, Sunday. So yeah, there'll be a video next week. No video this week. Um, I'm going to push the video that I was going to do this week back to next week. So thank you all for coming. I'm off to a, a Greek island for a bit of relaxation. Lay down and do nothing for like four or five nights, whatever it is. So yeah, thank you all for joining me for the stream. Uh, thank you for taking the time to support what I do. I couldn't do this without you guys. So honestly, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who super chatted as well. Thank you to everyone who's listening to this after the fact. Um, again, make sure you drop the secret word in the comments, which if you don't know what it is, then you're going to have to go back and find it. I'm sorry, I can't help you. And uh, yeah, this was fun. I will catch up with you on... Can I do a stream next? I don't know. I might do a stream next Monday, maybe, if there's stuff to talk about. I won't just do streams for the sake of it. So, yeah. And actually, you know what? Minton's down here, so I'll get him up to say goodbye. Here he is to say bye to all of you wonderful people who uh, tune in and watch what I do. Thank you all for joining, and I will see you next time. Ciao, adios. I'm done. Goodbye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>